0: You're listening to the Abide podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Um, man, there's so many. You guys can turn to Genesis 12. Oh, I have so much in my heart. My heart was, you know, when I was, when I was uh, in worship, I heard during worship the Lord asked me, where are the Marys? And um, if you haven't been here before, one of the things that's been continually prophesied over this house is that this house would be a Bethany. That it would be a place where people would come and sit at Jesus' feet and minister to him. And so I know sometimes when we come into, into worship with the Lord and we come to minister, it can feel awkward because you're like, well, what are we going to get to the point? But I just want to say in this house, worship is not about you. Yeah. I know there are many houses and, and many people worship for different things. But in this house, we worship and we minister unto him. Yeah. And so a lot of these, you know, the giving, we're about to give. The giving is whether you know it or not for you. It's not for the Lord. It's for you. Uh, the preaching is for you, for us to be edified and stirred, but the worship is for him. And we don't stop until, until he's ministered to. And we continue, and, and, and my heart is, listen, it doesn't take a few. I know if five, if five can fully give themselves, then it's enough to move his heart. It's enough to realize that throughout my week, I do a lot that's centered around Gio, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> but when we come in this house, the first part of our, of our experience is all ministering unto him because he's worthy. Amen. Yeah. One of the things I've been talking to the Lord about is um, in the area of giving. I was talking with my wife, and I said, I feel like every single week when it comes to the area of giving, we just blow past it. And I really felt this, this conviction that I have sold you short, and I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that the, the, the gospel and, and giving and all that has been prostituted and manipulated. But the truth is, and I want to I let you know some truth, is that God wants you to live in prosperity. Yeah. Do you hear me? God wants you to live. He wants to prosper you. Today we're going to talk about Abraham. We're going to start in Genesis 12, and I'm going to talk about the story of Abraham. But part of what you need to know is he wants to prosper you. And you may be blessed, but that doesn't mean, listen, the Bible says that, no, my, the Bible doesn't say if you don't give, you're not going to have money. But it does say that if, if you give, you will live in blessings. So here's what I know. I know lots of people that they struggle in this area of giving. And, and here's what the Bible says. It's like they have holes in their pockets. Oh, it's quiet. Only the times are like, yes. But what I'm believing for in this next season as a corporate body is that we step into the area of stewardship fully. Some of us, this is an area we lack in. But I want to say this to you, man. Blessing cannot flow to you until you learn to let it flow through you. Did you hear me? I'm serious. Some of us were waiting. We're like, well, God, when you prosper. No, no, no. Prosperity comes to the sower. So as much as I go outside and I look, I can go into my yard and stare, but but unless I've thrown seed into the ground and I've cultivated the ground, there's nothing for me to reap. And so this isn't even about the church. Listen, the church is going to be all right. You hear me? The church is going to be all right. But but what I want for us as a body is for us to live in blessing and prosperity. And so the Bible tells us to give New Testament according to what the Lord tells us in our heart. And I'm going to be honest, for us, 10% is like elementary. Like, for my family, it's been a long time because I know that as I give, people ask us, well, how did you guys go to Africa and Mexico and do? Because we we give. Yeah. And so when it's my money, I have a problem. But when it's his, his, his resources are unlimited. Come on. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so I want to say to you today, I, I want to take time on this, and I want to to pray. And I want everybody, I'm going to ask everybody to participate. If you don't have cash, that's all right. They're going to put up a slide. And I'm going to, I'm going to. Listen, I'm giving today double because I believe today is the time for us to step into generosity at a different level. Are you hearing me? I'm serious. Give me my phone, my love, please. I want us to pray and I want us to step into this. And I want you to realize this John 10 10 said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. Abundance, overflow, wealth, prosperity. You cannot think of it this way you are obligated to be blessed. Come on. I'll take it. You're obligated. You are obligated to be blessed. Goodness, and if, if, you, if you believe that goodness and mercy are tracking you down, Psalms 23, all the days of your life, then you have to be blessed. Amen. So let's come into submission in every area of our life. The Bible tells us to give with joy, right? So if you can't do it with joy, then just wait till next week. <laughs> but if you can find it in your heart to trust God with every area of your life, then I believe today could be a pivotal day for you. Not about the church, it's just for you, amen? So you could text any number amount to this. I'm about to do it now. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for God to show us to to trust him with every area of our lives. And to believe, I, I I just feel like we're about to go into a season of reaping. You understand? We're going into a season of reaping, and it's important for us as God's people to sow. It's important for us to sow. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask, God, that you, would, that you would bless every gift given today. God, give us a capacity. Give us a capacity to give and to trust you with, with our resources, our money, to trust you with our children, with every—this is not just about money, Lord. Help us to trust you in every area of our life, God, that we, would not be, that we would not be a slave to our riches, but that our riches would be a resource unto us. Help us to see, to see it that way. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me finish this real quick. All right. There it is. Did you guys leave that, that out? Okay, so um, we have been in a series called Encounters. Say Encounters. Encounters. We have been believing the Lord as we have been. Um, oh, listen, if you have cash or check, you can bring it up or you can take it to the box in the back. I'm sorry. I'm not a great offering taker, if you can tell. I'm not, not one of those guys. We've been in a series called Encounters. And last week we talked about the woman at the well. How many of you remember this? Believing that God, he has prepared for us wells of encounters where we can come. And he has has predestined, I believe this, he has predestined for us places of encounters that will mark us and shift us and change us. And so what I want to do is for the next few weeks probably five or six weeks, I want to talk around encounters and times where God encountered his people and what was the the result, right, the fruit of that encounter. How many of you believe God wants to encounter you? Come on, some of, I believe some of you today you had an encounter with the Lord. I, I mean, I could feel it in the spirit that some people, something shifted. And listen, you leaning into what God is doing it, it gives us the ability to step into the more of God, right? In the context of stewardship, we, we talked about this last week. When God gives you something, what do you do with what God gives you will give you the ability to know whether or not you can receive more. It's, it's like a test. You're like, no, 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 I just always live blessed. No, God is a faithful steward of everything. He stewards his touches, he stewards his words, he, all of it. When he comes, people, people come into our building and they're like, man, we just feel the presence. It's because we have made it a priority to steward his presence here. Yes, yes, yes. When people are here, last night there was six of us here just met. When I walked into the room, I was like, oh my gosh. There was men laid out everywhere in here, just ministering to his heart. And so as we steward his presence, his resources, our children, his words, all of it, we believe that God will entrust us with more. And so I want to talk about the story of Abraham, whether you know what God, Abraham is called the father of the faith, right? He's one of the fathers of the faith. And he was an amazing man who, who walked with the Lord. And, and I want to start in Genesis 12 and I want to walk us through this today. You, are you there? You got to start bringing your Bibles to church, I'm telling you. Genesis 12, if you have your phone, you can do it there too. It might not be as anointed, but it'll be okay. Stop, I read on my tablet every night. Start in verse one. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. This is what we were talking about. Look, this is the the father of our faith. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Listen to this promise. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So in Genesis 12, Abram, he has this encounter where God comes and he deposits into him this dream, right? This dream, this promise that I will bless you, I will prosper you through, through all of the families of the earth will be blessed through you. This amazing promise. And, and so we've talked about this, this, when God speaks a word to you, what do you do with that word, right? So watch this, because we're going to walk from Genesis 12 to 22 today, real quick, and I want to see to you the power of stewardship and the journey that we go on, because whether you know it or not, man, you are in process, if you think you have arrived, you are, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> Saying yes to Jesus and giving your heart to him is the beginning of a long journey with him, of dreaming with him, of moving with him, of allowing him to, 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 to do something in our hearts that, that propels us to, to change the world around us, not just in here, not just in here. Listen, if you can worship Jesus in here, that's great, but I want to see it out there. Bill Johnson says all the time, if what happens in the church stays in the church, it dies. That's right. so, so the best way for us to steward what God is doing in here and what he's speaking to us and what he's depositing is for us to walk this thing out. For us to be Jesus in our jobs. For us to be Jesus in our homes. For us to trust and say, God, every area of my life, there's nothing that's hidden. You hear me? There's nothing that's hidden. The G.O. you see on this stage is the G.O. you catch on Friday night and Saturday night. That there's nothing on my heart that's hidden, but everything is laid bare and naked before Him without shame. <laughs> oh, God's desire is to put something inside of you. I wanna to say to you, He cares about your dreams. Do you hear me? Yeah. He cares about your dreams. And so He comes to Abraham and He gives him a promise. And chapter 12, and then Abraham leaves, he goes with, Abraham, with, with He goes with Lot, they separate, He rescues Lot. And then in chapter 15, it says, "Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, "Do not be afraid, for I will protect you." And reward and your reward will be great." Another translation says this, "I will be your reward." That's what we were talking about today. You see, I believe from the beginning of this story, God was trying to show Abraham a lesson. That I will be your reward. Many times in our life we get it twisted thinking that the dreams God has given us, the fruition of that dream or the completion is the reward. You've got it twisted. Jesus, he is our great reward. In the midst of our advancement, in the midst of our prosperity, in the midst of our blessing, if we can keep our eyes fixed and focused on him, then he can entrust us with more blessings. I was watching, I was watching a documentary called Finger of God 2. Has anybody seen it? Finger of God, too, um, I've always been moved by the church of China. Do you know there's more Christians in China right now than here in America? There are. In a, in a nation where they're persecuted and killed, there are more Christians, like I'm talking about for real Christians there, yeah. than are here. Yeah. And, and for the first time, they got this footage of them, of, of them worshiping. And they have to climb, like, 15 stories of stairs. Golly, bro. I was, I was sweating thinking and looking at it. And they go into this room, and there's no band. Yes. There's no, like, charismatic speaker with clothes. It's like everybody's face is blurred. Nobody's known, and they're taking communion, and it's so holy. Yes. And then out of that group of on-fire lovers, they choose some. Listen to this. They choose some, and they become, they, they go to a school to be trained as, as pastors and ministers, And for two years, they have a blindfold on and they drive them to a building. And for two years, they never leave the building. All they do is breathe, leave, and sleep Jesus. And after two years of that, when that's their whole life, they said 90% of them buy a plane ticket to the Middle East and they know they'll never come back. They'll die there preaching Jesus. Now, many of us, we have our famous preachers, right? I got preachers that I love and I listen to every week. But I think we often think that those are the heroes of the faith. But I would submit to you, it's those in China. Yeah, come on. Well, come on. I submit to you that those people who have been entrusted and have, he said it, they have no Instagram, no Facebook, no YouTube, no vlog, they will write no books. But they in the kingdom, he said, the least will be the greatest. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, all of us are trying to figure out how to be great in this life. I would submit to you, you go low. You prefer the person in front of you. Well, I don't have to die to myself. Stop it. Your, your old sinful ways may die, but your ambitions are still alive. I can't, I can't. I can only say it once. There's grace for once. But for real, there's ambitions and desires that if we're not careful, we'll begin to think that our desires and our ambitions are God's. And that's the perfect way to create an idol. And so here comes Abraham, and he's talking with the Lord, and he says, I will be your great reward. But Abraham replies, O sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given children, since you've given me no children, Eliezer, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. What's happening? He's having a pity party. You have given me no descendants of my own, so no one will be my heir. And the Lord said to him, no servant will be your heir, for you will have a son of your own. Look up into the sky. Oh, watch this. It's amazing. He reconfirms the promise. I want you to see the gentleness and the patience of the Lord. Where two chapters later, he's having a pity party and God takes him outside. And he says, look up into the stars in the sky. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And then it says, and Abram believed the Lord. He believed him. And the Lord counted his belief to him as righteousness because of his faith. Do you hear that? In a time before we can have righteousness, his faith and his ability to believe God in the midst of what he could not see was counted unto him as righteousness. So he comes again and he reconfirms the promise, but, but the sad thing about this, I can't do this anymore, I can't. Give me a mic. Thank you, baby. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all of you on the stream. The sad thing about it is in, 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 in Genesis 16, he, he gets an amazing idea, right? His wife and Abraham had not been able to bear children, but he had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So he said, so Sarah said to him, the Lord has prevented me from having children go and sleep with my servant. I don't know about that. (laughs) Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed to her proposal. so, so, So they slept together. They had sexual relations. And she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress with contempt. Watch this. And this is the great tension that we all face, right? That God would deposit a seed in us, a word, and we would try to, in the flesh, make that word come about. That we would grow weary in our waiting and we would become impatient because we want everything now. Come on. If it ain't on Amazon two-day shipping, I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. I ain't got time for that. And in a day where we live with that kind of tension and frustration, we begin to try to figure out, well, how can I make this happen on my own? And the byproduct of that kind of impatience is we're given an Ishmael. Here's the reality of an Ishmael. That an Ishmael might have looked like Abraham. He might have talked like Abraham. He might have walked like Abraham. And the the scripture even says that he would be blessed. But he would never be covenant. Are you hearing me? Because many of us, the great mistake we make is we think because we have some blessings flowing in our life that we're living in the center of God's will. That may not be true. Because that which is born of the flesh has to be sustained by the flesh. That which is started by you has to be sustained by. So, so if you're living this life where you feel tired and weary, I would ask you, what is your source? he comes and he reconfirms he he reconfirms the promise and the very next thing they do is they try to take matters into their own hands and I want to say this man because I feel it's important sometimes barrenness is not punishment sometimes it's a test if you were to study some of the women in the bible who were barren some of the most powerful people in the bible came out of barrenness Samuel he came out of barrenness Time and time again, barrenness produces and gives us the ability to steward rightly what God has given us. The waiting and, and the preparing. And what we do when we try to bypass God's plan is we end up with an Ishmael. And as long as we have, listen, an Ishmael will always get in the way of your God-given destiny. Always. Always. Can I say it again? Always. Some of, the re- some of the time, the reason that we have struggles and we can't move forward is not because God doesn't want to bless us. It's because we're holding so tightly to the Ishmael's and the things of our life that we do not have room for Isaac in our heart. God has spoken to us and he's given us seed, but we're holding so tightly and trying to make things work. Well, if I can be known and if I can rightly be recognized and if I can do this and if I can do that, and the truth is that has to die, that has to die before you can step into true fatherhood. Meaning, before you can truly have the promise. This all leads back to the encounter in Genesis 12, where God plants a seed in the heart of a man and he's watching how that man responds to the seed that was planted. So many of us would cry out, God, revival, and God, do this, and God, do that. I would ask you what has to die before you can properly steward what you're asking for. I'm talking to myself. I'm not trying to separate. I'm saying there are things we talked about last week. As we pursue God, he will ask us to give things up. He will ask us to, to lay. That's why Joshua, before they stepped into the promised land, what did he say to the people? After 40 years of wandering in the desert, he said to the people, purify yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Before you can step into promise, you must, this, the, actual, the, the actual translation of this would be to divorce yourself from everything that did not belong to God. Joshua 6, read it. Purify yourselves. And so they go, they go into, I love this. Genesis 17, Abram was 99 years old. So listen, like 20 something years had passed. He's an on time God. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's 99. And the Lord appears to him and he says, I am El Shaddai god almighty listen he says serve me faithfully and live a blameless life i'm going to read it again this is for us today serve me faithfully and live a blameless life and i will make a what a covenant with you by which i will guarantee you countless descendants and at this abraham fell down to the ground he fell down on his face he went low And God said to him, this is my covenant I will make with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And I love that God would speak to him that he would be a father of many before he was a father of none. And many times we have issue because we hear God speak to to us something. And we reject that word because we have not eyes to see what God is bringing. And so many times you see it in the life of Gideon. Almighty warrior. And Gideon's like... Because many times we don't have the capacity to see. That's why the Bible says time and time, eyes to see and ears to hear. Because many times he'll speak and we won't understand. Many times he'll, he'll see, say something to us and we cannot yet see. Yet we have to move in faith. Live faithfully and blameless before him. So he calls him a father of many nations. And he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Then, then, then there's a mark of the covenant, which I'm sure was an interesting day. Everybody got circumcised. Yeah, that happened. And we get all the way to chapter 21, right? And in chapter 21, the Lord said to him, in a year's time, you will have Isaac. Which Isaac is the fulfillment of the promise. It wasn't Ishmael. It wasn't that which was born of the flesh. But it was Isaac. It said the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son Abraham in his old age. And this happened at the time God said it would. he would. And then watch this. Let me go here. So he's born. He confirms. I'm going to go to chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested. Say tested. God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. It's interesting that he would call Isaac, the only son, when there was two, but, but but I just want you to realize that God does not recognize that which was born of the flesh. You hear that? Many times we try to make things. We've talked about this. We try to serve up our platter, and we try to hear God, bless that. No. We have to start with the Spirit and allow God to begin a work, and that which we start in the Spirit, and we co-labor, co-labor, co-labor. We work with God to create. That he recognizes. So he says, take your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and go sacrifice him. What? Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up. <laughs> the obedience, remember that God had spoken to him. I want you to live what? Faithfully and blameless. So the very next response to the word of the Lord that was given to him, the very word that was given to him to go kill that which you've been waiting 20-something years to have is, saddle up the donkey, let's go. He chopped the wood for a fire that burnt, and they set out to the place God had told them. And on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in a distance. Stay here with the donkey. I'm in, I'm in verse 5. And Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little further. Watch this. Verse 5. The boy and I will travel a little bit further, and we will what? We will worship there what we will worship there that word worship there means to bow low like like to go low 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 like face to the ground low in honor of that which is before you we will worship there and then we will come right back and as you read this story man Abraham he ties the boy up and he raises up the knife right and he's about to kill that which he's been waiting 20 something years to have and the Lord says, stop, right? And he provides the sacrifice. And, and from there we get, maybe you've been in church and you've heard the term Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But I want you to see that that revelation of Jehovah Jireh came on the backside of him about to kill something he's been waiting 25 years for. You hear me? We talk a lot about having revelations with the God, but I need you to know that in this season, we were, we were in revivalist. And I was talking with, with, with John and he was saying how God has been teaching him about his virtue and character. Did you know that God wants you to know him? God doesn't just want to know you, He wants you to know Him. So, in this season of isolation where we've been frustrated, God, just get me back. No, He's been trying to show us something about who He is. Yes. That maybe we didn't have the time to learn when we were busy, 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 and, and, and all, in front of all of these things. He's trying to show us who He is. Why? He told me a story. Can I share this story, bro? He was, he was sharing me a story. Sharing me a story. I do have my degree. He was sharing me a story. <laughs> he was talking to me about um, this, this experience he had with the Lord where he was watching a, a worship song, The Blessing, right? You guys have seen The Blessing, and your children, and their children. There's 25,000 children, all those. And he's watching, he's watching the video, and, like, something hits him, right? Like, it, what was generosity, right? The tenderness. It was like a tenderness that hit his heart, as he was watching the video, it's like he, he learned something about the Lord in that moment, about the tenderness of the Lord, and he said that tenderness led him to, to talk to Alex, right? Come tell the story, man.
1: <laughs> I should have just passed it in the beginning. He was close. It was in the ballpark. No, um... Just during praise and worship with God, He's just been showing me His character more, and and kind of the the line He's given me is just in His presence, I would know His virtue more and His character more. And so the uh, the tenderness, just kind of just seeing the interaction in praise and worship between this uh, husband and wife, and just God just dropped in my spirit just His tenderness, and I can feel His tenderness coming through me, and it's different, you know. There's lots of times where you can watch something and you can be touched and moved by it. But I think it's different when just God was just kind of showing me in that moment, again, how he looks at them. The tenderness that I can see in the moment that they were having and seeing it through his eyes. And it was just something really different. And then another time in worship where God just kind of hit me in worship out of nowhere and, and really was generosity. And he was just kind of speaking to me toward my son and I knew something that my son needed and it was just in that moment. And, you know, again, a lot of times there's such a parallel between God and us and then us and our kids. And he's just showing me this generosity that I can show toward him and how generosity is just it's, it's who he is. Right. God is just such a giving God. And in that moment, I just felt like, man, there's nothing I wouldn't give to my son. And he was just showing me in that moment that it's the same thing toward us. So. Amen. So. Yeah.
0: Thank you, bro. What I love about that story is so many times we come into, into church, especially in charismatic churches, and we, think, we, we hear encounters, we think of them in the terms, well, when I have my encounter, then I'll be more spiritual. And then I'll have, no, the purpose of the encounter is to learn about him so then you can reflect him. So, so watching the story, his experience of learning about the tenderness of the God gave him the grace to be tender towards his son. It was an expression, right? That, that led through, that as God as God touches you, it was like the story of Abraham. Genesis 15, he says, I will be your great reward. The problem in the story of Abraham is that Isaac had become his reward. You hear me? The, pur- the purpose of the underlying issue was that I- Isaac had, had taken a place in his heart that was only reserved for God. You think God wants a piece of your heart? No, he wants to be only. He wants to be only in your heart. And he wants everything to, to flow through that. And so I want to land here. If you want to go to Revelations 3. We've been studying the book of Revelation. My wife has been studying it even more than me. But, but we went through this thing where we were, we were learning about the churches. I've actually taken two different courses. And it's been so interesting how they say that the churches, that there's seven churches. And they all, they all, um, they span different dispensations, different ages of the churches, Right? You can go through and there's many different, they were real churches, but, but they, they, they mean that they can be broken down into different dispensations or time periods. And so many people believe that right now we are living in the time period of the church of Laodicea, right? That's the that's period that we are in now. And so I've been reading this and I want to read this and I want you to see this. I'm in chapter 3, verse 14. <laughs> Write this letter to the angel of the church of Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen. The faithful and true witness from the beginning of God's creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Listen to this description. You say, He's talking about the church. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked that's hard man so i advise you to buy gold from me gold that has been purified by fire then you will be rich also buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed of your nakedness buy ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see i correct and discipline everyone that i love so be diligent and watch this turn from your indifference I want you to see that the great sin of this church was not nakedness, poor, wretched. It wasn't the problem. The problem was indifference. The inability to be fully given the way that God had called them to do in the beginning. But this is what blows my mind. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Who who is this Jesus? You mean that? I'm living in indifference. Being hot or cold has nothing to do with being sin or saint. At the time, hot water and cold water, they all served a purpose. The hot water was medicinal. They used it for healing. The cold water was refreshing. The problem with the church is that they hadn't choose yet how they were going to serve the Lord. Is that they were right in the middle and they served no purpose in the time. And so literally when they would have lukewarm water, the people, they, they would understand that they would spit it out. And so God is saying, in your time of self-sufficiency, right, buy gold from me. You got to know that this was a merchant center. They were rich and they were prosperous. Whether you know it or not, if you live in America, you are rich. You are rich. You may not have a lot of money, but you are rich. And he's saying, buy gold for me that is purified. Buy garments. This was the place that that they were known for creating tapestry. And they listen, what are they saying? That everything that you're doing has nothing to do with me. So turn back, and give yourself. So in Revelations 15, there's another verse that 16. Yeah, no, it's 15, 15, 16. There's another scripture, John Revelation 16: 15. It says this. Look. I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are you who watch for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. Did you hear that? Me and my wife were were watching this thing on on Monday night and, and I've always heard the scripture, he will come as a thief in the night, so you must watch. You've heard that if you've been in church you got to watch, you got to watch. And I believe we should watch. But, but it's interesting to me that, that he would refer to himself as a thief. Because from what I know of the Lord is he would never steal anything. And the guy who was speaking was actually Eric Gilmore was saying, he says, the reason it describes the Lord as a thief is because when he comes, he will rob us of our ambitions. <laughs> and me and my wife were just sitting on the couch and we were like, he says, for those of you that say, Lord... Come, come. Or those of you that say, Lord, don't come yet because of my children and because I want this. What is that? We are his bride. And the spirit and the bride, their cry is, come. And I don't know what tension we've gotten in where we we have fallen in love. Uh, One of the churches, the great sin that they had done is they were in love with the church and they were in love with the world. They had given themselves to both. And you cannot fully love two people at the same time. Right. It's impossible. So he says, buy garments, buy salve, so you can see. <laughs> and what I feel, man, is we've been caught up in this Western Christianity that says, God, come, but come on my terms. Yeah. I want you to come, Lord, but come come When? come when and the cry of the bride should be come quickly come quickly lord if we were to live with a come quickly attitude then we would get into then we would get to work we would occupy all streets until he came there would be a sense of urgency the reason the church is asleep is because we believe that the coming is far away we believe listen he's coming quickly And for those of us that are lovers of him, there should be an urgency of our spirit to equip the saints for the work of the ministry because we cannot be okay with the reality that people are dying and going to hell. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot be just, oh, Lord, we love our worship and we love the movement of the spirit and then that lead us unto something. I feel better. I want to read that description one more time. Oh, it hit me so heavy, man. The self-sufficiency here is real. A gospel that is centered all around self. You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. But in the midst of that brokenness, what I, want you to, what I want you to see today is verse 12, verse 20. In the midst of our indifference and our turning away and being distracted, he says to this church, which I believe is a cry to us today, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door and I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. It reminds me of John 15. I will no longer call you slaves, for now you I call you friends. So I don't know what that means for us today, but, but listen, I do believe this. I believe there's some Ishmaels that have to be sent away. For some of us, man, this dream, this perception of the way we think life is going to play out, us not receiving that is killing us. Do you hear me? To be fully surrendered and fully given says, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my will. Your will be done. So I want us to all stand. Can I, have, can I have the band come back? Yeah. I'm going to make room now for us to... Bill Johnson said at the end of that documentary, he, he said... He said, if you don't have anything to throw on the altar, throw yourself on the altar. And sometimes we're we're going through life and we don't really know how to respond, right? Have you ever been there? You're just like, I just don't know how to respond in this situation. I don't feel like I have anything else to give. I would just say to you, throw yourself on the altar. Let, let Let yourself, my wife was right on it, Let that look good, that look good in front of people die. Just let it die and allow yourself to be taken up with him. And for him to do in your heart whatever needs to be done. Can we do move your heart again? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. Hey Paul, you wanna come up, man? I want to have you pray for communion. Would you do that? I'm gonna pray, and then I'm gonna have him pray over communion. There's communion, and um, and I, what I'm gonna pray for right now, what I want to pray for right now is, is that God would show you anything in your heart that was that started with you. This is not about sin or or, or not sin. This is about allowing God to be our only. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Father, I pray, I pray that every single Ishmael would be left in this altar today. God, anything that is stopping us or hindering us from stepping into promise or the fruition of who you really are, God, I ask that you would just let it die, Lord. Let it die, Lord. And I ask today in Jesus' name that we would step into the season of Isaacs. The seasons of destiny God, for all the dreams and visions and passions that have been given Lord, I ask today in Jesus name that you would awaken us, awake O oh sleeper, to those things that have died or that feel restless Father and I speak new life over you in Jesus name. No matter how old you feel or how long you've been walking with God, we speak fresh life over that dream and I ask today God as people throw themselves on the altar That you would find it as as living sacrifices, as your word says. Holy and acceptable and pleasing unto you. Pray over. Are you going to pray over communion as we partake?
2: your deep love for them lord god if you're calling them to to yourself lord lord if you us uniting together as one in christ jesus father and lord as we receive the blood father we, we just want to thank you for the cleansing of our sins father which every human being certainly needs father god that we would just reverence you with all of our hearts father and discover a freedom a freedom that only you can give through christ jesus lord we just thank you right now lord god I pray for each heart, Father, to be touched by your spirit, to be strengthened, Father, by your love, Father. Lord, that our hearts would be knit together in love. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: I want to encourage you to take communion and just find your place with the Lord. That's kind of how we've been. It would be really stupid for us to talk about encounters and not make room for it. So wherever you got to find your place, uh, if you need to come to the altar, you're more than welcome. This is where a lot of us will be. And so we want to bless you today. Thank you for coming. And I pray that God would identify those things in your heart and that we would be able to step into the season of Isaac that he's calling us into. Bless you as you worship and enter in.